You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, you drive down on the first man who is inside. Pullback, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by this and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to text the show, you can send a message to 865-658-5824. Already got the screen screwed up. We're starting off strong here tonight. Let's fix that. There we go. Got my buddy Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast in the house. Oh, look at this. We got another one dropping in. We got Mr. Oh. Tim in Green Bay. Tim, how you doing, bub? Hey, fellas. How's it going? Hey, doing good, man. You, you slid in here last second, like still in home. Look like Jackie Robinson coming in here, man. I love it. <laughs> love it. All right, let's do this, man. First of all, I just want to warn the the uh, viewers slash listeners. Tim has not been prepped at all on what we're talking about, so he's going to be flying from the seat of his pants. <laughs> but basically what we're doing today, Tim, is we're going to kind of talk a, a little 53-man roster, if that's cool with you. That sound good? Man, that sounds great. All right, so what we're going to do is kind of walk through each position and I've got the numbers listed. I'm actually prepped today, Jacob. I've got it to where um, I've got the numbers of the the number of players at each position that the Packers kept last year, okay? And then okay. we can kind of adjust as we go along. And I cheated a little bit. I actually went over to Paul Brettel's article and kind of dug <laughs> through his information. So everything he said, it really makes a lot of sense to me. There might be one or two things I would change. Um, you know, in my opinion, not saying I would be right and he would be wrong, but just a couple of things that I'm like, I don't know about that one. But it was very interesting hearing uh, kind of his take. And we'll have him on again later this week, of course. But um, let's jump right into it, dude. Quarterbacks. I think it's pretty obvious now, right? It's going to be Jordan Love and Sean Clifford. Do you agree with that, Jacob? Yeah, it's got to be obviously with that new quarterback rule too. Magoo, Magoo, Magoo is going to be there whether or not we like it. I mean, uh, I think we saw that that dude, he got a, a, a really – cold glass of water splashed on his face. I think it's not the, the, 
a cold glass of welcome to the National Football League. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Man. That's exactly what I, I was trying to. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, but yeah, no more need. To, no more need to to talk about that. Did Danny Etling get signed by anybody, or is he just gone now? Um, I don't know. I haven't heard of him getting signed. Have you heard anything, Tim? I have not, but I it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Etling is definitely probably accepted the journeyman type of role. I think at this point in his career. Um, you know, I don't, I never, I never didn't like him. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. Um, I think he just needs to find a place where he can fit and maybe find a home for a couple years. But, you know, Etling's a little older, right? He's 20, 27, 28, 29. Oh yeah. So he's pretty old. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think he's late twenties for sure. Okay. So he would be a serviceable backup somewhere possibly. You know, um, it wouldn't surprise me if he signed. But, no, I didn't hear if uh, that happened yet or not. Got it. All right, cool. Well, Sean Clifford it is, right? Sean Clifford at backup. Jacob, you texted me earlier today. I believe it was you that texted me. Pretty exciting yeah, yeah. stuff going back and watching watching Sean Clifford, huh? Yeah, I'm on a weird schedule now where I wake up at, like, 4 a.m., like an old, old man, and I just, like, you know, I sip my coffee. I just look out the window and <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> If anybody runs through my yard, I'm like, get out of here. You, <laughs> that whole you thing, say it right? with a Boston accent? <laughs> Somehow I moved to, to, to yeah, <laughs> south. <laughs> but uh, no, man, I just, I, I woke up and I started thinking about just um, how cool it looked just to, to, like you said, to be excited for a preseason game. Um, we've all talked about it and it's, you know, that it's a real thing when, before we could actually put it out on a podcast and before it actually went out to the masses and all that kind of stuff that like 18 people, if you look at PAD, me and Ryan, you and Ryan, um, the Packer night after dark, like our, uh, the, pa- the post game show, everybody's like, is that mini Brett Favre? Like what's going on here? You know, everybody had the same kind of consensus that this guy, he's a gunslinger. Yeah. He's going to make some stupid throws. I don't know if you guys did have the chance, but if you look on the green Bay, um, Instagram or any of their social media, YouTube, they've got an interview with Sean Clifford and he kind of even says it. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of an idiot sometimes. And I throw some balls I shouldn't, but like, that's not going to scare me from throwing the next stupid ball. Cause right. you know, I'm a gamer and I, I throw and it's like, yeah, know, what is shoot or shoot. And I shoot. And I was like, heck yeah. I like that. See, 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Michael Scott said that. Absolutely. <laughs> you think God never farted? <laughs> there he is. All right, let's move on to running back. We already got somebody in the chat here, kind of prodding us a little bit. We have Simon Wilson in the chat. Chat says Wilson running back three. As much right. as I love Emmanuel Wilson, um, you know, af- after hearing Ryan kind of talk about it as well, I think you're just looking to stash him on the practice squad. I don't think anybody's going to throw him on their 53, so it's a good, probably a good opportunity to keep him on the practice squad. Now, if you keep showcasing him and he's running for a buck fifty. Every preseason game, you might lose him. Um, I think it would be awesome, Simon, if Wilson landed on the roster. But right now, I just kind of, you know, I don't know. I see it a little bit different. I kind of see it like Paul Brettel. It, it stays the same to me. You know, last year, the Packers only kept two halfback guys. This year, Paul Brettel is saying they're going to keep three as of right now. And it changes from week to week, obviously. Don't go knocking on Paul's door and saying, how dare you screw this up, you know, in the second week of the preseason. But Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, he's got Patrick Taylor. Now, obviously, that's one more running back than we kept last year, so we got to make a roster spot up somewhere. Uh, Tim, you go first here, buddy. 
Uh, what do you think about the halfback position? Do you think they carry three? Are those your three? Who who do you want to see on the roster? I would agree with that right now. However, uh, just I keep as soon as you brought up Wilson's name, I just that run just played in my head. It's like that's burned in my head the way he just he just stuck that initial move so nasty and bounced it out and was just gone. Um, that's that's one of those flashes we talk about, right? You want to see flashes from players like this, and uh, you know, I don't know, I. I don't not like Patrick Taylor. Um, Goodson looks good too. I, I don't know. Like you had said, Clayton, it's a 53 man roster. Every, every spot is a premium. Everything affects each other. You know, how many linebackers are we keeping? How many, you know, so I, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I would say that, uh, that if they keep those, you know, three, three running backs. Yeah. I mean, that, that looks like the three right now pending uh, these next few weeks here. Of the preseason, you know, Definitely. stars can be born out of nowhere. So I, I, you know, I don't know, but I feel great about the running back room. I don't know about you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, I do too. Jacob, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, um, I would have really liked to be uh, been able to see a guy like Lou Nichols show us what he can do, but he's hurt. Tyler Goodson's hurt. Um, we know that AJ Dillon and Jones are a lock. So now I'm all, I'm all of a sudden I'm starting to think like maybe we could see Emmanuel Wilson make this. He's a young guy. He's a UDFA. He's a guy that um, I don't think we saw a lot of his pass catching capabilities necessarily, but apparently they they possibly are there. I look at Patrick Taylor. Uh, Patrick Taylor. He's a we kind of know what we have in him. We know what his his ceiling is. He he can be a third down or a, a third round. A, a third string running back. Let me try to say that. Um, but I just feel like that he doesn't have that wow factor, that explosion factor that maybe Emmanuel Wilson clearly might have. I mean, the guy ran six carries for like, what was it? A hundred and some odd yards. I think he averaged like 18 and a half yards per carry. I mean, that's, and a lot of those cuts and stuff, when I watched it, it was, it was, I mean, granted you're going against second team, third team guys while he was in the game, but those are moves, man. And he, he looked like very shifty, like right out. I remember one of them when he got, I don't remember if it was a delayed handoff or something like that, but a defensive tackle, or I think at the DN kind of had him dead to rights. And he stopped on a dime, shifted, cut back, and then ran up the right side of the field for about 20 yards, 30 yards. And I was just like, dang, okay, that's a guy. Um, So I, I am now, if I had to pick right now, gun to my head, I'm going Tyler Goodson. He's just been my guy. I really do want him to, when you see him, he's electric. When he gets the ball, he is very, very shifty. He can show a little bit of power like he did on the goal line in that run. But I, I really do think he's, he just seems like a more of an all around third, third string back. I mean, and like you said, you, uh, like I've said before, he can play the special teams, not necessarily great, but I haven't seen Emmanuel Wilson do anything on special teams. So yeah, I think that he's a practice squad guy probably for sure. Definitely. All right. Wide receiver. We've got Zane in the chat said, who has the third spot Reed or Torre? For me, it's Reed hands down. And yep. we're going to talk about Reed here in just a second. Let's, let's roll through the wide receiver room. I'm going to wrap back around and we're going to chat about Reed. Um, Paul Brettel has them keeping, uh, well, first of all, last year they kept seven this year. He has them keeping six. You got Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Torre, Wicks, and Heath, which we've seen Heath, man. Heath looked like, he looked strong in that preseason game, man. He really did. So you're picking that roster spot back up that you lost in the running back position. So you're back even there. Jacob, how do you see the wide receiver room, man? Yeah, I really do. Um, 
I think we're going to go six just because those six are so solid in years past. And when, when we thought about going seven, it's because we didn't know who like four through seven were. I feel like one through six are solid. And if you add a guy like Malik Heath, don't get me wrong. I, I had my reservations about him coming from a smaller school or he didn't come from a small, it was the old miss for whatever reason, people slept on him. Um, but he was, he was the 15th ranked uh, Packer via P PFF. He had a 65.9 grade. He was targeted four times. He had three catches. He had 36 yards. He looked really dominant when he had the ball too. And he's wearing number 18, which is kind of cool to see. And then you had Tay Wicks. He was our fifth best PFF grade on offense by far. Uh, Bengals against the Bengals, obviously, a 76.3 grade. And he looked electric when he got the ball. I mean, that that quick slant that um, Clifford sent to him where he just took it and made like two guys run into each other and then ran down the field for like, I don't know, it was like 30, 40 yards. I mean, that just looked impressive. And then you got guys like obviously Romeo Dobbs. He he just looked like what Romeo Dobbs, an extension of a, a second year wide receiver that you would hope he'd make. You know, a couple of those balls, like the one, the touchdown, I, I wish it was a little more thrown a little bit farther, but he made a great play on the ball. The guy is, I think, severely being slept on right now. Again, I just checked before we started the stream. DraftKings, if you want to place a bet on him right now for his season over under of yardage, it's 550 and a half for Romeo Dobbs. I just Thank can't you. believe that. They are sleeping on this guy. They are sleeping on this offense. That being said, Christian Watson in DraftKings right now is only at 825 and a half. I mean, the guys, I just, I don't get that. Jaden Reed finished 16th overall with PFF grade of 65.7. We all see, saw him go up for that ball. He's at, what, 5'11 tops? The guy yeah. can jump. He's got moxie. He's got swagger, dude. And I'm, oh, he, I'm dude, he, he plays loose out there. There's no doubt about it. Very loose. And then I'll just quickly end with Torrey. Torrey had the 11th overall PFF grade, 71.4. He had three catches, 56 yards, targeted four times. He had a kick return of 50 yards. Looked good, added eight pounds. I'm not worried about us having to only keep six wide receivers this year. So if Malik Heath does make the squad, welcome, brother. I, I would like to see maybe other than him, Bill Melton, and that's what I'll say about that. Got it, Tim. What do you think, man? Anything where we're looking there with the wide receiver room? What do you What do you think about it? Uh, I'm glad you brought brought up uh, my boy, uh, Bo Melton, there, Jacob, because uh, he's he's one of my under the radar guys to kind of keep an eye on and. Hopefully, at, at the bare minimum, practice squad material. Um, but I agree. I don't. I don't think we need to keep. Um, you know, if, if it's going to be six or seven, I think you know we're going to be all right. And that may be very well be a spot that they look at and go, "Hey, we'll we'll keep one less wide out if we need to carry maybe another back or we need to you know somebody else on the defense." So I'm with you too. I think uh, my third would would definitely be Jaden Reed right now. Um, slash Samari Tori. Um, Dontavian Wicks is exciting. Malik Heath is exciting to watch. Um, I, I love these young receivers, man, because, you know, even, even Dre Miller, I mean, I keep bringing up his name. I, there's just something about, maybe it's just getting there. You know, I got there that same, I think the morning after he landed in Green Bay and just watched his first practice and his first approach. And that guy caught everything that day and just looked really good. Um, you know, obviously we get down to those bottom spots, you know, guys like Jada kiss bonds and, you know, we, I don't see him making the team, you know, barring something crazy again in these next few weeks. But I think we're all in agreement with, with the sixth. I mean, my seventh would be probably Bo Melton at this point, if we were going to go that way. 
Got it. Got it. Yeah, dude, like like somebody said earlier in the chat here, they said, you know, the regardless, there's going to be a stud that's cut. And whoever gets cut, they're going to get picked up. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, other than the the very bottom guys, obviously. But, you know, as far as Jaden Reed, man, I, I did a little chalk talk earlier today and, and was breaking down the Jordan Love snaps. And I think I did two Sean Clifford uh, snaps as well. Jaden Reed just pops. I'm, I'm just telling you, the, the, only, the only way I know to explain how I feel about Jaden Reed is Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, they did not perform like this last training camp, and they turned out to be pretty solid wide receivers, right? Now, people, you know, they'll obviously go, well, Romeo Dobbs had a strong camp, Clayton. He did, but you guys remember the drops. It was a talk all camp. It was this guy is scorching guys off the line. He's got deceptive speed. He's got, got great footwork on his release. Man, if they can get the drops handled, you know, and then lo and behold, Green Bay ends up leading the league in drops, right? Um, so with Jaden Reed, though, man, you you see the hands. You see him being able to go up and get the 50-50 balls. You see the contested catches. You see him separating on on the nine fade there uh, when we ran when we showed the uh, the two-vert snag earlier. And, and it, you know, literally forced a pass interference in the end zone, setting him up for a first and goal from the one. Um, you know, as far as being on the depth chart, I think he I don't think he can surpass number two right now. But he is a solid number three right now. There's no doubt in my mind, and and you can just see that that Romeo Dobbs's game is raising to another level because you know a rising tide raises all ships. You you see it with Jaden Reed behind him. Um, you know, again, I think he's just way ahead of where those guys were last year, last training camp, and he he does everything well. Like when you look at his game on that jet sweep when they ran that that little that little you know fly jet motion or whatever. There was not much there, and he made something out of nothing. Like, I think he got seven yards on that run, six yards on that run, and there was nothing there. Luke Musgrave had a horrible rep right there. And uh, and and other than that rep, I thought Luke Musgrave had a pretty good day blocking, both in pass pro and, and in the running game. But, man, uh, Jaden Reed, I don't know, man. I think we got something there. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see him – in the regular season and how much of this offense he picks up right now, he doesn't, the game doesn't look too big for him, man. It doesn't. It, I mean, it looks like he, he can handle everything they're throwing at him. Let's move on to tight end. We had a question here too, to kind of set that up. Obviously the big news, um, Ethan in the chat said thoughts on replacing Tyler Davis, Tyler Davis out for the year. I, I believe it. Is it official now? Yeah. I, I, think I heard somebody say, okay, so it is official. Um, you know, hopefully he gets, gets better soon and, uh, and recovers from that completely. But when it comes to the tight end position, I immediately started thinking, okay, who, who's going to replace him? Paul Brettel smacked me right in the side of the side of the noggin, dude. On his article, he said Musgrave, Kraft, DeGuara, and Pearson, right? So he thinks that they'll carry Pearson so DeGuara can play a little more attached. So you've got that extra fullback, right? And a lot of people don't know this, but Pearson actually played at Appy State. He was undrafted, I believe. And at Appy State, he actually played tight end. So many people don't know that. So he does have a little bit of tight end background at Appy State. Appy State's just about an hour and 10 minutes from where I live. Really cool school back in the sticks. A lot of fun. So he's got them keeping four, uh, same as they did last year. Again, it's Musgrave, Kraft, DeGuar, and Pearson. Jacob, what do you think about that, man? So I actually was going to ask you a question before we get into this because I wrote this down in my notes once I realized that Tyler Davis was most likely going to be out for the foreseeable future season. Um do you think that now, because I know that we had a lot of talk, a lot of talk this offseason about how we're going to be doing a lot of 12 personnel, um, doing a lot of weird gizmo stuff out of that 12 personnel. Do you now see us because of the fact that I hate to admit it, but I didn't realize how much of a, a key component Tyler Davis was going into the season. 
because I would say he's arguably our best tight end blocker, if not one of our best special teams, if not the best special teams player that we have. And you know how much, if you've watched this stream for more than a couple of months, how much that pains me to say that. If I hear one more thing about a Sith block, I swear to God. <laughs> Did you see Musgrave Sith block? Yes, I saw it. Hey, and it, was <laughs> it was pretty. So my question to you, Clayton, is do you see us now swapping and switching from, and I do think that yes, Pearson will um, possibly make the team and that DeGuar will then basically be that tweener. I don't want to say he's the fourth tight end. I'd say he'd be like the second or third tight end slash fullback slash, you know, I don't know what to call him. But do you see us using more 11 personnel by far due to the Davis injury and possibly more 10 personnel? Because like you said, we've got a gem sitting on the sidelines right now, possibly in Jaden Reen, if we're doing a lot of that 12 personnel. It's a great question. And Tim, I'm going to throw it to you for the tight end room as soon as I answer this. Uh, yeah, it, what it's going to come down to, if you guys, I, I talked about this on, earlier on the stream. If you guys listen to the play callers, they talk about why Sean McVay went from 21 personnel in L.A. to 11 personnel. And he kind of shook things up within the Shanahan, you know, coaching tree. And LaFleur was there when it happened. And he said he looked over on the sideline and he's seen Cooper Cup sitting on the bench. And he's like, what? The, how, how am I not able to get him on the field? This is stupid. I don't have my best 11 out there. So they switched it up and went to 11 personnel. So when you're talking about do we run 11, do we run 12, do we run 21, you're going to see a multitude of formations just like last year. This None of this is new. It's just is the percentage is going to rise in 21, is the percentage is going to rise in 12. And if you're talking about putting your best 11 out there, I think what's going to happen is at the end of the day, at the end of camp, if things keep going the way they're going, they're going to look up and go, you know what, our best 11, you know, no pun intended, is 11 personnel. It, what it comes down to is Jaden Reed or Tucker Craft. Who would you rather have on the field? And some people would say, well, if you put Tucker Kraft out there, you're stronger in the run, are you? Because when you go with 12 personnel, you're triggering their base, which means they're going to go with a 34 front or a 43 front, and that's going to kind of help neutralize that. Now, some would say it's going to be week to week. That's probably the best the best answer I can give. You game planning going into the week, and you go, okay, this defense we're playing, do they play 34, do they play 43? How aggressive are they on the play action, right? If they're aggressive on the play action, guess what you do? You go out there with your 12 personnel and you run a lot of boot, right? Which I loved seeing that boot. Wasn't it funny the other day somebody asked us, Tim, I can't remember if it was you or who it was, but they said, you know, Lombardi's power sweep, that was the staple of that offense, just like Lombardi said on that on the intro. And whoever it was said, what do you think is going to be the staple of this offense? It might have been Andy. It might have been Andy in Kansas that asked it. And I said, it's going to be the boot. It's going to be boot drift, um, you know, boot dagger. It's going to be these play action. And I love that they're running the boot to the left. When I did the chalk talk earlier today, I, I drew this direct parallel. I wanted to go split screen, but I don't have the software to do it right now. And I don't have the, the computer to do it, which, by the way, it's on the way. It'll be here Wednesday, and we're going to gear this thing up. We're going to have some fun this year, fellas. I just dropped a pretty penny on this system. We're going to have some fun. So, anyway, remember all – Tim, you remember this, I'm sure. You were there at training camp. Remember all the drills where Jordan Love – takes the snap, turns completely around, chop steps over the foam bags, running, you know, to the to his left, then squares up those across his body at the net, right? You've seen that last night or Friday mm -hmm. night. You've seen that with the play action boot left. And with that boot, you know, some people would call it a strike concept. Others would call it a, a form of drift. All it simply was was a nine route with uh, Christian Watson. And then you had the uh, – uh, basically the the crosser, the climb coming across uh, with Romeo Dobbs, and he hit him in triple cut. When I say in triple coverage, he found the window, right? But 
that's that's going to be the staple of this offense. So if you're running 21 personnel, a lot of 21 personnel, then guess what happens? You know, that's that you're gonna you're gonna be able to get them to to tug up on that play action. It's gonna make them very vulnerable to the play action pass, and all that I think is gonna be week to week. Basically, is uh, is how I see that. So it's gonna be fluid, but what it really comes down to, Tim, is who would you rather have on the field, Jaden Reed or Tucker Craft? That's the way I see it. Or Josiah Aguara or Jaden Reed. You know what I mean? But how do you see the tight end room, man? Do you uh, do you think that Paul Brettel's spot on with Pearson, or do you see it a different way? Because man, there's some some big boys out there in that tight end room, aren't there? There, there sure are, and I I, I do like um, Pearson. I do like that as an initial response. I mean, this is kind of fresh news here, and it kind of brings me to something I wanted to say is. This is where I look for who's going to step up and fill the void. You know, it's not too late for a guy like Tucker Craft to to commit himself to being a better blocker and, and to stepping into a role and maybe getting himself some more snaps here as a rookie by, you know, we got a few weeks left here. You know, we got two more preseason games. There's There's a lot of ball left before week one. And I like to look within, you know, who's going to step up Next man up, you know, and uh, see where we go. But, you know, bringing Pearson in, into the mix, you know, keeping four, Musgrave, Kraft, or Kraft DeGuara, and Pearson, obviously that, that's, that seems like a sound, sound judgment right there. Um, but I think one of the uh, – you know, I, I always think about like Andy Reid in Kansas City, right? Like they, they talked so much about that, that offense was going to sputter without Tyreek Hill and – one thing I know by watching those guys play football, especially on the offensive end, is if you're on that 53 and you can contribute and, and you're doing your job, they will plug you in and that offense will run like it's supposed to. And I think we can be be our own version of that here in Green Bay if guys step up and we don't necessarily have to start going into panic mode. I, I'd like to promote from within rather than uh, hiring the outside help, if you know what I mean. No, it makes complete sense, man. It does. Um, I think it's kind of cool, though. I want to talk about Luke Musgrave for just a second. You know, many of many Packer fans don't look at Tyler Davis as a leader, right? They don't see him as like, okay, this is a guy that that you know is a leader on the Green Bay Packers simply because he's kind of been in the bottom of the depth chart the last few years with Bob Tunyon and then obviously uh, Mercedes Lewis. But going into this year, I do remember before training camp even started. Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft talking about Tyler Davis. He was the veteran in the room. He was the guy that that Matt LaFleur and, and his coaching staff, they trusted in the tight end room, right? I mean, there's a reason they didn't bring Big Dog back. There's a reason they didn't bring Robert Tunyon back. And I don't think it's because those tight ends were horrible players. I don't believe that for a second. I think they believed in Tyler Davis. So they've watched this guy who's kind of came in and led them through the offseason, and he goes down with this knee injury. And just like you said, somebody's got to step up, right? Somebody's Remember Charles Woodson during halftime. He, or I think it was uh, – actually, it was Kevin Green. Remember it is going time. Into the quarter. Yeah, going into the fourth quarter, he told Clay Matthews, he said, you know, everybody looks the wood to be a leader. Well, he's gone. Nobody's stepping up and rallying the troops. It is time. It is time. So, it's funny. Andy Herman released his four players of the day. Guess who they were? Tucker Craft, Jaden Reed, Jordan Love, and Luke Musgrave. The two tight ends stepped up today. I think that's freaking awesome. But when it comes to Luke Musgrave, man – He's the clear number one. I'm excited about that. That's what makes me very comfortable about 11 personnel. Jaden Reed being that third receiver, and whether he's playing flyer or he's playing, you know, uh, slot, whatever you want to call it, 
and, and having Tucker Craft out there that you could flex out on the boundary. You've seen that. I counted it at least three times early in the game the other day that they put him as the boundary F. And that was – it was just – I was up out of my seat, man. And, and a couple of times they ran Ohio um, – what we call Ohio concept where he was on the boundary, right, and they had Dobbs in the slot, and they ran – they ran uh, Luke Musgrave down the sideline on a nine route and then came over or came underneath him with an out route with Dobbs. So they're looking to stretch the field with Musgrave and they're going to make that defense make a decision. First of all, are they going to sub in? Are they going to sub in that extra corner? Or are they going to keep the linebacker there? Somebody's got to cover that big boy, right? Who do you want on him? That's what it's going to come down to. And that's also going to determine whether they stay in base or they go to nickel. Um, those are the type of matchups that I'm excited about when it comes to Luke Musgrave. You know, he he had ups and downs in Cincy. He got bashed a lot. I know he had a low PFF grade. I went back and watched every single snap. He blocked pretty well other than one play. Now, that one play he whiffed. It was horrible. Yeah. I'm talking about horrible technique. It was on the jet sweep. Now, there may have been others that I missed, but that's the one that stood out to me. Other than that, beautiful sift block. Uh, there was one time he was in pass pro, the deep pass to Watson. Go back and watch it. They they blitz. They it was either a safety or a Sam. I'm almost positive it's a safety because if we were in 11 personnel, he picked the blitz up perfectly and put the dude on his knees. That was in pass blocking. Like it, it really really impressed me. You know he he looked good running routes. There wasn't one route he ran that I'm like ah oh, that looks clunky. He looked smooth. He looked fluid. Like I said, they said he had a good day today in practice. Um, we're gonna see him a ton on the boundary. And that excites me the most. But if he can really get down that wide attached position, playing in line on this uh, on this offensive line there as a tight end, as a true Y, look out, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's move on to offensive line. Offensive line last year, Jacob, they kept 10 offensive linemen, okay? Um, and it looks like Paul Brettel is saying they're only going to keep nine. All right, so we're going to pick up another roster spot here that we can play with. He's saying Bach, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom, Nyman, Walker, Caleb Jones, and Sean Ryan. Those are his nine. And, again, we kept ten last year. He's saying we're going to keep nine this year as the roster sits right now. What do you think about the offensive line, Bo? I, It's hard for me to argue with that. It's just that I don't I, – I really can't understand Sean Ryan over even a Royce Newman, possibly a Jake Hansen. I mean, I just – to me that – I just Sean Ryan has shown me nothing other than the fact that we, he's a semi early round draft pick and that we just don't want to cut bait yet. But I just feel like he's he has shown us nothing to make us keep him on the on the nine manly or uh, part of the nine. I just I don't know. I, that's the only thing I have an issue with. Otherwise, I agree with him 100 percent. Got it. Tim, what do you think, Bo? I'm with you on the the Sean Ryan thing. Uh, the one thing I would say is he definitely is having himself a better camp this year than the non-existent yeah. camp he had last year, basically. Um, and we also know how how the Packers feel about you know their draft picks and guys that are project players and that they intend to invest more than you know one year of development into. Um, that that could be why I see him sticking around. Um, but I'm with you too. I mean, if we're going to go nine, those seem like the nine, um, barring anything crazy. Did we get an update on uh, Caleb Jones' ankle? Is it not super serious? Was it just a sprain? Or I haven't heard anything else of you, Jacob. I don't think it's super serious. It did say that he might miss a little bit of time, but I don't think that it was super serious. Um, there was also uh, Tanuta. He, is he done? I believe I thought that he oh, had a yeah. injury. But if he didn't, he was one of our highest graded 
he was fourth overall, 76.5. He had a 56.3% uh, or 56.3 pass blocking grade, but he had an 81.4 run blocking grade, which is, you know, kind of cool. I think Ryan actually talked about that this morning on his podcast. And he's like, what are you doing having a high rocking blade or blocking run blocking grade? He's like, get out of here. We don't do that. In Wisconsin, <laughs> come on, man. Um, but well, yeah, man, Sean Ryan, he was um, 21st overall. He had a 63.2 overall offensive grade, 55 pass blocking grade, and a 63.7 run blocking grade. And he did all that on 48 snaps. He had more snaps than almost any other offensive player. So they really do want to see what they have in him, I think. But to me, I just, I'm not sold at all. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, I, they're clearly giving him the opportunity. So maybe he can sell us here these next few weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but like, like I just mentioned, I think it stems from, from him being a draft pick and also just the fact that he did show improvement early in camp this year. I mean, you even talked about some of the pancakes he had uh, working against the D line. So um, let's time will tell. Let's see what happens with him. Yeah, definitely. Simon in the chat said, may put a six lineman out there, too, if we need a true blocker. Dude, bring back those elephant formations, man. I'm all about it, dude. Throw, throw them big boys out there and let them eat. Give me a Kevin Berry this year. That's what I'm needing. That's definitely what I'm needing. Simon also said uh, in the chat, Ben Ness, <laughs> jersey already. That's fast, impressive. Not joking around. Serious Packer fan pod. Love it. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. The wife surprised me with that when I was excited about it for sure. Um Let's see. He said, uh, "Love Musgrave going. Going to be honest. Concerned about Kraft. Could be good long term. Not sure about year one. I agree. I think Kraft could develop into something. Right now, I just don't see it. I'm not seeing it at the moment. Go ahead, Jake. I just think that we need to. We all, and myself included, when we drafted Tucker Kraft and we drafted obviously Musgrave, we're like, oh my God, Travis Kelsey incarnate. Like, <laughs> no, typically no rookie tight end does well at all." Usually, I mean, like statistically, PFF wise, um, statistically, I mean, we need to give this guy like like we talked about. It's the hardest position, arguably, to learn just being thrown in as a rookie um, because you have to learn, you know, you, you have the offensive, you have the defensive or um, the offensive schemes. You have to be able to read the defense. You have to be able to run block. You have to know what the whole playbook is, basically. Um, that being said, you know, and I think Musgrave is only showing such promise because he's a physical freak the guy's right. running faster than most people on the field so maybe that gap isn't as large for him to have to to close because he even though he may be new he maybe he doesn't know the playbook as well as other guys he's just so physically freakish that he can just run away from guys so we need to pump the brakes i think that if we tucker craft is a guy that i'll give till mid next season before i really make a decision on him because that's just that's i don't know i think that's fair yeah, no, it makes sense. It does. Dakota said, I would rather have Ryan than Newman. Uh, he also said, uh, let's see here, Ryan's showing improvement. Newman is doing the exact opposite. We'll know more after preseason week two. I think it will be a good gauge. I've got to agree with Dakota. When I seen when I seen Newman on Family Night, it was it was eye-opening to me. You know, we watched it up right here, Jacob, on, on this podcast. Ryan was on with us, and we were going, what is Newman doing? When they ran that little stunt, it was like he had never seen one before in his life. Hello, um, Newman. And then when you – when you hear about the Ryan <laughs> camp updates, granted, you know, the Ryan uh, camp updates are, are kind of coming in a little bit different when it comes to Sean Ryan. It seems like he is starting to take a step forward. Um, right. But, yeah, we'll see. All right, let's move on. We're uh, we're kind of falling behind here. So let's try to go a little bit rapid fire if we can. Defensive line room. 
Um, we kept six last year. That's what uh, Paul Brettel's saying we're going to keep this year as of right now. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, Carl Brooks, Kobe Wooden, and Jonathan Ford. So, obviously, you have TJ Slayton and Ford as your nose tackles. You got Kenny Clark and Brooks as your uh, one-to-three technique, Wyatt as your uh, three-to-five technique, and Wooden probably backing him up. How do you guys see the defensive line room? Go ahead, Tim. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm smiling. Uh, it's hard to talk with this big smile on my face as you read off this list. Um, <laughs> excited might be an understatement. And Jacob, I'm with you. Like we, we as fans, we all, we, we get excited just period. And, you know, I don't like to temper expectations or excitement. I just like to kind of take a breath and, uh, you know, let it, let it kind of run its course. And then we're able to kind of see more from an objective standpoint, but I've been watching this D line since since camp open, man, and these guys are going to get it done this year. I, I know we said that last year, and I know maybe the year before, uh, <laughs> but but man, I, I really do. And if they do, if this if this D line becomes the problem that I think they're going to be for these uh, offenses, I, I uh, other than our concerns like we talked about on the back end at safety, I think our D is on pace for top 10 in the, in the league this year. So, but a lot of it depends on that front. And um, I like them guys, man. I really do. I, I think, you know, injuries happen in all facets of the game, all position groups. Um, it's good to see a group like that. Um, guys that are versatile, uh, guys that can play multiple technique. I, I'm confident about this D line guys. I really am. Definitely. We thank Jacob. Yeah, I have those same six, um, and it's it's. I had this little blurb I I saved from an article I was reading. It said, um, and it and they had this basically as lined up as the yeah Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Slayton, Jonathan Ford, Wooden, and Brooks, and then fighting for the practice squad they had Chris Slayton, which he's shown up every now and then. Jason Lewan, I haven't seen much, and then Moultrie, but um, he goes on to say this one seems easy. Ford, a seventh round draft pick last year who was inactive for every game has made big strides. His two quarterback pressures on Friday seemed like an added bonus. This team is betting on the potential day three rookies, Wooden and Brooks to grow into quality performers. And I agree with that completely. And I really like, like Tim said, I'm excited, dude. When I look at that, I'm like, okay, so Kenny Clark, Devonte Wyatt, Slayton at nose. I, I really did like Jonathan Ford because again, he's a seventh rounder. So why wouldn't I? Um, but Kobe Wooden and Carl Brooks, I think, are just two freakishly big question marks that if they are even on, like, the upside, if those guys are a 70-plus PFF grade type people every time they're out there, again, we've talked about it so many times that between Dean Lowry and um, and Jerron Reed, there's, a, like, 1,200 snaps there. Imagine if we replace I, – I, nothing against – you know, I'm not trying to hate on Dean Lowry. The guy was a great guy. Came He was a lunch pail kind of dude. Came, did his job but I don't think he is even close to the type of athlete that those Colby Wooden, Brooks, Slayton even, um, and even Jonathan Ford are and have the potential to be. So especially with Carl Brooks, I think that guy, and we saw Colby Wooden, man, he almost did the over the shoulder interception on that God, screen. He'd have caught that pick, bro. That, was, that would have been an instant legend. People, would, he would have been up there with touchdown Jesus and, and all those kinds of <laughs> preseason heroes. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's amazing, too, is like people look at it and go, God, it was a missed opportunity. And it was, right, especially if this was a regular season game. But you can't overlook the fact that he read the screen perfectly. Like that, as a rookie, to have that kind of play recognition. And not only that, but, you know, like we talked about, the physical ability to be able to change directions on a dime and be able to get back and cover that screen. It's uh, absolutely huge. Now, Simon in the chat said, what are we going to do without all these, quote, game wreckers? Minnesota, Minnesota stole from us. I don't know if y'all seen I think it was Paul Allen that said that they picked up a couple game wreckers in, uh, in Dean Lowry. And who was the other one they picked up? Was it oh, Lancaster? Whoa. I think so, did they, did they pick up Lancaster last year, and now I think they picked up Dean Lowry. But They picked up Dean Lowry for sure. Yeah. He was referring to Dean Lowry as a game wrecker. And I'm just telling you, my, my initial response was this, dude. What the hell's going on out here? <laughs> I had to I hit don't. Paul with it. I'm like, when, when? And listen, I like Dean. I thought he was kind of a lunch pill kind of guy, right? But like, when the hell was he a game wrecker? I'm so let me go. I was, I got to go back on Game Pass and see this. Where was this? Was he game wrecker as in he ruined our game or wrecked yeah. our game. Maybe that's what he yeah. meant. Yeah, that might have been it. Anyway, I don't like to hate on players when they leave, but that just oh. cracked me up. I was like, what? What, where did Paul you Allen, I, I'll never understand being, again, a guy that lives in um, western Wisconsin who has – I get force-fed Minnesota sports content 
no matter what I do, I turn on the radio, I turn on the TV. All I hear is Paul Allen. Wow, this dude is the worst. He is so <laughs> bad. When you compare him to Larry and Rock, dude, like he oh, is yeah. horrible. He, like Dalvin Cook smashes a head for a gain of one. And you're like, <laughs> calm down. Man, I've got to find it. I know we'll get a copyright strike, but it'd be worth it to get that video with the announcer's broadcast of Brett Favre throwing that interception. He says, Favre rolls out. He pumps. Season's over. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. Game's over. Season's over. We're done. He said, intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. I'm was. i telling you, I have never cheered so loud for <laughs> another football game other than the Packers in my life. I oh. said we need to go rapid fire. We're over here talking about Favre throwing away the NFC Championship for the Vikings. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> So, all right, next position. Let's get to the edge room, okay? Um, edge defender, outside linebacker, however you want to refer to it. Last year we kept five. Paul Brittle saying that's what, how many we're going to keep this year. He's got Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, J.J. Anigbare, Lucas Van Ness, and Justin Hollins. Do you see it the same way, Jacob? How do you, how do you see the edge room? Yes. Um, I would love to get my guy, Brenton Cox, on there. I just – I, I don't understand that Justin Crowded, Hollins. Man. He had a good day today, I believe, too. I think he had a sack, if I remember right. You're talking Hollins or uh, Brenton? Uh, Brenton Cox today, I think. I think I read that right. You know, it's, it's hard to just – you love to see the activity that he had. Um, you know, he was 24th in PFF grade, 61.6. He had, obviously, the one pass deflection, which led to an interception for Don Levitt. Um, he had three pressures. He had three hurries. Great stuff. I mean, he looked like he was a, just a – like we saw in, in college, but the thing is, is he's going against third stringers at that point throughout the whole game. So I don't know what that means. I do love the fact that he just seems like he is kind of a one trick pony where he's just, he's going to jump off the, the line of scrimmage and he's going to just throw anything at you. And what I do like about him is he's, a lot of times he doesn't win that initial, he's either going for the quarterback or he kind of gets stuffed. But when he does get stuffed, he's learned that all right, I'm pretty tall. I can throw my hand up. And he does that a lot to the point where if he can even just be that kind of guy that starts to get a pressure, starts to hurry him, <clears throat> but is able to throw that hand up, that def just kind of that um, that last thing that the quarterback sees before he before he throws that ball, that's very beneficial. We've seen that a lot of, in the years past that um, if you can just get a, a hand in the quarterback's face, you can lead to a lot of picks, a lot of bad balls being thrown. Um, no. That being said, you know, I don't I don't know if he's going to make – if I had to bet, I'd right now I'd probably say no, he's not going to. Preston had only three snaps. He was ranked 30th, not worried about Preston. He's going to be fine. What I am excited about, Kingsley Enigbare raking ninth overall, 75.2 PFF grade. He had three tackles, three hurries. He's been looking very, very good. Um, he's been, again, one of my guys that I've had in my um, – I think as JJ says, I've been driving the bus for that guy, the fan bus <laughs> since he got drafted, since I knew how to pronounce his name, Clayton. And uh, besides <sighs> that, I'll just talk about LVN, man, the, the Loch Ness Monster. I've been very underwhelmed. I don't want to start getting on that Ryan type stuff where I'm going to say that, you know. <laughs> like it's a drug or something, Tim. That Ryan, <laughs> stuff. That, that Ryan <laughs> stuff. I don't want to start snorting that Ryan stuff. But uh, 34th <laughs> overall in PFF grade, 40.8. I will agree. It seemed like um, I think Ryan talked about it either on Packard After Dark or maybe this morning's podcast where he just said it looked like they asked him to go out there and start using 
they basically they said go out there and try to figure out more stuff you can do add more tools to your toolbox rather than just go bull rush them dude we know what you can do there like we know that you can literally just bull rush these guys into oblivion but we want you to like build your repertoire and all that kind of stuff no just go out there and start smoking people year two in the off season is when you can start building that right now we drafted you to be a bull rush freak who can set the edge hopefully and play multiple positions so please go out and do that because otherwise it makes our first round draft pick look really stupid. So, and if, if, if you're the coaching staff telling him, go try to chop more hands and do swim moves and do this, do spin, just let him do what he's naturally gifted to do at this point. And then we can build it off after that. Yeah. You know, Tim, when it comes to the edge room, dude, the, I think the bottom half is going to matter. You know, like, like uh, Baz said on the, on the pod the other day, you know, we had a uh, a rotation, you know, I think it was 35% of the time we had a backup rotation of edge defenders. Might have even been defensive line coming in to rush the quarterback. So if you do the math, obviously 35% coming off the bench, that means the starters got 65%. 65%. All <laughs> right. So just saying, Tim, how do you see the edge room, Bob? Well, I'll tell you, um, to me, it looks like – Four, if we're keeping five, there's four locks. I mean, Gary, Preston Smith, JJ, and the Loopness Monster, they're locks. So we're really looking at that fifth spot. And I think with, uh, you know, guys like Holland and Hollins and Bretton Cox, I think it's going to come down to like we were alluding to before that, you know, there's still a little bit of camp left um, who can make strides. I think Bretton Cox has been stepping up almost incrementally day by day. So he's going to make that a tough, tough decision for our staff. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I'm comfortable saying it just right now. I don't care if I'm wrong, but Rashawn Gary's going to play week one against the Bears. I, I can just feel it in my gut. I don't know if he's going to start. I, I'm sure he'll be on a snap count, blah, blah, blah. But that dude is going to be suited up, ready to roll week one. There's not a doubt in my mind. So. I'm excited about Edge, almost as excited as I am about the D-line. So it's going to look good this year, guys. Yep. I agree. Um, I want to I want to comment on what you said, Jacob. You you know you mentioned uh, Lucas Van Ness, right? And now he kind of was under underwhelming, if you will, right in the uh, in the first preseason game. And and this is kind of what I came away with. I watched all his snaps. I went back and watched them, and I took a bunch of notes and. You got to ask yourself, okay, where is he on the depth chart now, right? And when you look at this depth chart, obviously you got Rashawn Gary, like Tim said, if he's healthy, right? You're going to have Preston Smith. I think you got JJ and Ibarre ahead of Van Ness. I believe that. And then you'll have Van Ness and then Hollins. Hollins is a solid. He may be behind Hollins. You know what? If if he's one of those guys that, all right, let's, let's treat it as a developmental year and he can be a, a part of that 35% rotational aspect of the of the uh, the pass rush and coming in on some of those downs to spell Preston and Gary and, and even in Egbare, so be it. Um, but as far as what happened in Cincinnati, it was a rough game. It was a rough game for Van Ness. He didn't do everything horrible, though. You know, he had ups and downs, uh, much like Luke, uh, Luke Musgrave did. But to me, he seemed like he was overwhelmed overwhelmed mentally okay and that's a good thing like i would rather him be overwhelmed mentally than physically there's not one time in that game that i said oh yeah boy these these guys are these guys are stronger than you up here not once like he held his ground when he rushed the quarterback we watched it back on tape yesterday jacob we seen the the tackle put him in a headlock didn't get called for the hold that's okay it's preseason let the boys play i got you but yeah, to me, he didn't see seem overwhelmed physically. It was just mentally. Also, um, like I said, he's just 
he he looks like he's physically capable to play in the NFL. So if he has to kind of take a step back like Rashawn Gary, that's a great position to have to do that. I mean, it really is. Because look at what you've got in front of him. There's no reason to rush him, right? I'm not panicking on him yet. I I think he's going to come back knowing his work ethic and everything in the scouting report. I think he's going to come out this week, get a few more snaps, turn that boy loose, and, and I'm eager to see what he can do against the New England Patriots uh, going into this game. So I, I'm excited about seeing that for sure. Let's move on to inside linebacker. Uh, Paul Brettel's got them keeping five this year. Last year they actually kept four, okay? So we're losing a spot here. He's got Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, McDuffie, Eric Wilson, and then Tariq Carpenter. He's got him making the roster. Now, the fact that Carpenter actually played safety in, in Cincy, that says a lot. That versatility, man, it's important. You get one or two injuries in a game at a specific position, and it's important to have those hybrid type players. So Carpenter, obviously, too, you got Tyler Davis now out on special teams. Is Carpenter, you know, on that level of Tyler Davis as far as special teams goes? Those are the things you got to take into consideration. But as far as inside linebackers, do you think they're going to keep one extra, Jacob, like uh, like Paul's talking about, or do you think they're just going to go with four? Man, I um, I really want to find a way to keep Tariq on this team. I mean, you can't help but pull for the guy. I mean, he's the dude that got drafted. They show him wearing a Packers jersey when he's like five years old. You know what I mean? So. Um, I, I want to find a way to get this guy on. And, like, he's a special teams up-and-comer, I believe. And so if they can, you know, whether or not – so most years – maybe I'm jumping ahead. Can you tell me what we um, what we kept last year at safety? Was it four at safety five? last – we kept five last year. So maybe we keep four this year. And we kept how many at inside linebacker last year? Four. So you're four. just going to swap those, right, what you're saying? is what I'm kind of looking at right now. Um, and honestly, like the I like the little note here that Jimmy Phillips guy, he's been making some plays too, which you know he's not going to be on there, but he's a great practice squad guy, I think. And again, I, inside linebacker is a spot where we feel weirdly safe with because of uh, the way that Devon Ray has played in years prior and the way that we hope Quay is going to progress. But I think it's a really great backup in Isaiah McDuffie because I've seen him take some steps. And then as Ryan's talked about many times, I, Eric Wilson may be the best special teams player in the NFL, which the Packers can't cut the best special teams player in the NFL. We just right. can't. No matter how great of a step that Rich Bisacci has brought us, the only reason we've you know gotten there is because he's picked good players. Wasn't Eric Wilson a, a former Viking as well? Um, and he has legitimate linebacker starting experience. So – to me, those guys are a four locks. Tariq is somewhere in there where, again, I think that they 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 sacrifice maybe a different positional guy so that they can keep him and they can play him as a tweener. You know, it's great to know that he can play that weird hybrid safety linebacker role. Who knows with with Joe Barry's defense? Maybe there's a weird little like not like a star player, but something that's around that kind of hybrid, you know, an type status. It'd be cool to kind of see that. Definitely. What do you think, Tim? Inside linebacker, man. They keep him four, they're going with five. And how do you feel about Tariq Carpenter? Um dogs. Dogs, <laughs> dogs, dogs. Um I you know what? I think they do. Maybe they keep five because, you know, the fifth is Tariq Carpenter and it's just uh you know, we, we call him a you know, an inside linebacker for roster purposes, but you know, I think Tariq Carpenter in a pinch at safety will see the field uh, more than Dallin Levitt, 
you know, so you talk about what guys bring to the table and their versatility. That may very well be why Tariq Carpenter makes this team is because we can carry five middle linebackers, but we're really basically getting an extra safety in a pinch uh, and the special teams contribution. So I like Tariq Carpenter a lot. I really do. And he's, he's proven um, that he can handle himself um, in that part of the field and in that role. Obviously I, I can't say enough about Quay Walker. So I'm excited about Quay. Um, Devondre Campbell. I mean, it's like, and Isaiah McDuffie, man, McDuffie is an absolute dog, man. You just look at that guy and you're like, oh, that's, that's the Mike linebacker. Like you just, the, the way this dude carries himself out there. Um, it's another group that I'm really excited about. So, I, you know, with Carpenter being kind of the slash, I could see them keeping, keeping five, but you know, it's, it's a business at this level. Who knows? You know, maybe they do keep four again. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Corner. Um, we kept five last year. That's what uh, Paul Brittle has them keeping as of right now. We got Jair Alexander, Russell Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, Carrington Valentine. I grin every time I say his name, man. That boy balled out. I can't wait to watch him again. And then you got Corey Valentine. And some people are going, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That don't, yeah. He's got Stokes starting the season on Pup. Okay. So that's probably Valentine will be moved off as soon as Stokes is, if and when he is healthy enough to uh, make it onto the active roster. What do you think, Jacob? You see five corners like Paul, or you see it different? I think we go five, but I don't think – yeah, I don't think Stokes starts this year, and I don't think Valentine is on the squad. So I think that maybe somehow <sighs> SJC sinks on there for maybe like the first quarter of the season, and then maybe they make a switch. I don't know. What I'd like to see more of William Hooper. I know that that dude is um, – he was our <laughs> best out, He had like almost an elite grade, and he it wasn't like he didn't get enough snaps. He was thrown out, I believe, eight times, I think, and he only had like two receptions. Um, but, I mean, again, he's I think he's from like Northwestern Demons. I don't know what that college is. I don't know where <laughs> that college is. I didn't know that was a college. So Podunk University. That's what I'm saying. Uh, realistically, though, I probably think it's going to be Jair, Razul, Keyshawn. Obviously, I love Valentine, and I I'm not I'm not mad at Valentine. And if Stokes does some sort of weird kind of Rashawn Gary comeback, it's possible. Still possible. I've seen him walking around too, running around. He looks he looks okay. So if he's ready to go, I would love to have him back in the lineup, even if it's just on a limited kind of testing him, making sure that knee or the, that those legs are are healthy. So. Got it. What do you think, Tim? Cornerback, man. We keep him five? I think it's five. And I think Stokes is, whether or not Stokes is on pup or not, is going to be kind of the X factor um, as they make this decision. Now, they when did they got to be down to 53? What is the. I can tell you. You guys have the date? Rosters yeah. are cut from 90 players to 53 by 3 p.m. on Tuesday, August 29th, one day before my birthday. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah, last sec, we got plenty of time for sure. Exactly. And with Stokes, um, I do, I, you know, like you guys said, barring some Rashawn Gary Superman type comeback here, um, they have been like increasing his workload uh, in the rehab and they're letting him do a little more, but he's still nowhere near doing what, you know, Rashawn was doing a week ago. Um, I think, you know, the best news we could get is Stokes you know, clearing a physical and I, I don't know when we're going to get that. So yeah, I see five corners for sure. And 
Uh, I'm with you, Jacob. Uh, Shamar Jean Charles is one that I kind of, you kind of keep one eye on. Um, a guy that we've seen flashes from consistently uh, or consistently these last couple of years. Um, he could be a, a guy that you plug in there too, but I think they take five for corners this year. And uh, yeah, Carrington Valentine, man, how exciting is that? I mean, I'm old enough to remember when all we did was complain about our cornerbacks in Green Bay. So <laughs> it's not, Dude, nice that we have a bunch that we love now. Do you remember Ahmad Carroll? You guys, oh, God, I remember they, they taped him up with boxing gloves. So he, they, he could not grab receivers in practice and they still, he still yeah. did it with his teeth or something. I don't know how the hell he did it, but he still, <laughs> unbelievable. Anyways. All right. So we're going to skip over kicker, punter and long snapper. Obviously Andres Carlson is going to be the kicker. Pat O'Donnell is going to be the punter barring any injuries. And then long snapper is going to be Matt Orzik. So let's get to the safeties and we'll wrap this big bear up safety position. Last year, they kept five. That's what Paul is saying. They're keeping this year. Darnell Savage, Jonathan Owens, uh, Rudy Ford, Tarverius Moore and Dallin Levitt are his five. Obviously Dallin Levitt being the special teams ace. And he's thinking that those two free agent signings are both going to make the roster there. What surprises me the most gang is it seems like, and I could be wrong, Tim, you were up there. Maybe you've seen it firsthand. It seems like Jonathan Owens has beat Rudy Ford out for that second safety spot as it sits right now. Or is that, is that how you're seeing it, man? That's, that's what it looks like. Um, but again, there's, a, there's some camp left. Let's see. Um, but yeah, J.O. has looked, looked good. He's come on strong the last few practices um, and is, he's playing like a starter. And uh, I think it's great for camp because what we should see now is more effort from Rudy Ford. What we should see are our guys stepping up and uh, trying to win that spot um, if they do keep five. In fact, like I said, if we've got a slash in Tariq Carpenter and, you know, it's kind of like an ace in your in your back pocket there that if we don't need him to do a lot of primary duty at middle linebacker and we can use him at safety in a pinch effectively, then maybe we do keep four safeties this year. So, I mean, there's a lot of variables. Um, and I don't know if it's so much on Rudy Ford as it is just J.O. has just stepped up. And uh, sometimes that just happens. And if you can't step up and meet that that level, then, yeah, you're not going to have a job. So, I mean – I, I could see them keeping four. It's a possibility. I don't think it's a probability, but five wouldn't surprise me. Got it. All right. As we get ready to wrap up, let's kind of go back through. There's a couple messages I've got pinned here. I wanted to hit on. They wasn't really. You don't want to hear what I have to say about safeties? No, of course not, Jacob. If you if you're gonna get on here and bash Rudy Ford, then I'm not gonna. I'm not here to hear it. You know what I'm saying, man? Um. Yeah. Let's hear it, Jacob. How you feel about safety? <laughs> no, I. Now, I don't I want to talk now. <laughs> down in my head, I have to take Savage, but I just haven't seen a lot from him. Jonathan Owens has been great. Tavares Moore, haven't really heard of him lately, so I really don't think that maybe he's a lock that people think. Rudy Ford, I think, is a lock. I think that Anthony Johnson Jr. has shown enough that he deserves to be at least the fifth safety on this team. That's all I'll say. Back to you, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. You're so snide. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, let's see in the chat. Our showers, the safety group is gross. Yeah, but, you know, it, the more I've learned about this, that is a funny way to say it, right? The more I've learned about this Fangio-style defense, the safeties do kind of take a back seat, no pun intended. Like they, it, you know, showing those two on the shelf, showing that quarters look pre-snap, really it, it steers offenses away from taking shots down the field, and that's half the battle there. Now they've got to be able to tackle, right? That's where we screwed up last year. 
Adrian Amos, horrible at tackling last year. Darnell Savage, the same. Rudy Ford was probably one of the best tacklers at the safety position. They bring in Jonathan Owens. Jonathan Owens, uh, not good in coverage at all, but great tackler, according to PFF. So maybe that's where they were going. That's the direction they were going. Anthony Johnson Jr., same thing. Pretty decent tackler in college, playing top down from that safety position. Um, let's see here. We got uh, Jarrell Lee in the chat. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, love Nick Collins. Nick Collins would have been a Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind, if he hadn't got hurt. And he was just – he was phenomenal, man, absolutely phenomenal. Um, golly, look at this. They're bringing it back. We're going to need therapy after this. Lee in the chat said, who was worse, Ahmad Carroll or Bo Jew? Do y'all remember Jew? I remember I him. remember Jew. It was yeah, – dude, that – that's right around the time I became a Packer fan. And I remember Ahmad Carroll was the first round pick. And I remember seeing the picture on the Packers website of him walking on the Lambeau field and they took pictures of him looking at Lambeau. I'm like, this dude's going to be a stud. <laughs> um, bro, it was so bad. It was so bad. I, I'm, I'm watching going, damn, why, why, why did they, what did they see in him? Obviously they seen the, the raw talent, the raw ability, the quickness, all that stuff. But man, let's go to the pin messages real quick. I thought these were cool. Uh, Zane says, what y'all's choice of drink while watching the greatest team in NFL history in a game? I'm going to start with Tim. Tim, what is your choice of drink, man? You ain't got nothing to do. You're chilling at the house, right? You're on the couch. You could choose any drink in the world. What would it be? It doesn't have to be alcoholic drink. It can be, you know, whatever. What What is your drink of choice while watching the Packers game? I'm, I'm usually a cold beer guy, you know? I really am. Um, I like the, the carry the G. Um, it's a good cream ale. Um, I like IPAs, uh, title town brewing up here makes some really good, um, really good beers. Um, Johnny blood red is really good. Green 19 is really good. Um, I just like a cold beer. Uh, now on the other hand, if we get like an international, like we had the London game last year, you know, then it's coffee. (laughs) I'll have coffee if we're, you know, watching an early game or maybe even for a noon game if I had too much fun the night before. So, but generally it's just a cold beer for me, man. Got it. Jacob, what do you think, bud? What's yours? Man, I used to be real uh, on the sauce. I'm, I'm trying to take a little bit of a break now from that, but man, I used to have to, Respect, man. I was one of those guys where I see one of those guys where I, I, I would stress drink as I'm watching the game. So I would try as I'm watching a Packer game to find a beer that wasn't like over five and a half percent because otherwise I'm not going to remember what the heck's going on in that game. But <laughs> if I'm not in the post game show yet, exactly. If I'm not watching like the Packers, I love like a high ABV, like an IPA, something just really smooth, like a Scottish ale, something with a lot of flavor, rich. But lately, man, it's a uh, freaking coconut water there you go dude hey like i said man respect i there's there's been multiple times in my life that that it was brung to my attention by my awesome wife like hey look i know you don't have a problem but let's let's turn it back a little bit hey i got you no problem I, i like a good challenge let's do that let's turn it down a bit um mine hands down there is nothing but now i can't get it down here if anyone's listening and they can figure out how to get it to me, I would love to be able to do that. I don't even know how to pronounce the company, the brewery. I think it's New Glarus, but Spotted, Spotted Cow. Bro, bro, I can send you that. You know that. You know it's yeah, a legal. You got to make that happen, Jay. Dude, Spotted Cow, I'm telling you, 1919 Kitchen and Tap, a bowl of beer cheese soup, a side of cheese curds, and that elk stroganoff, and just a fresh, poured, perfect – I'm talking about perfectly poured spotted cow. 
I'm in heaven. I, I'm 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 literally I'm just over there grinning, ear to ear, dude. Look like no, a spit water uh, one, bro. New Blair's too is so it's a, a very hometown Wisconsin beer company. Um, it's it's been so so highly sought after that people have tried to buy it <clears throat> and then sell it across state lines, and like the I think it was the ATF or something like that like got involved and put a kibosh on it. So now like you cannot sell. New Glarus or even distribute it. I don't think you can, like I can buy it and give it to you, but technically I don't think that you can even give me money. Like it's something weird like that. It's one of those blue laws kind of things, but um, I got you Clayton. We'll figure it out. Heck yeah. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. All right. Another chat that caught my eye. We're getting ready to wrap this bear up. Our shower said with quickness and power on our D line, could we see more four down Lyman looks. Can you talk about when and why we might do that? I think that's a great question. The first, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer it like I answer most questions. Showers. The first thing that comes to mind is probably the honest answer. And as I was reading your comment when the guys were talking, excuse me, I immediately thought, when we play a team that runs heavy and we're gonna be in our 34 a lot, what you'll probably see is an extra defensive lineman active on game day. And all it would take, being thin at another spot is, you know, let's say let's say you you go with, you know, an extra D lineman and one less linebacker on the active roster because of the game plan is kind of suggesting that. And then you have a linebacker get hurt, right? Guess what? I could see a four-man front coming in because I think I personally think that you could you could have um, you know, uh whether it's Kenny Clark, whether it's Devontae Wyatt, whether it's uh, Carl Brooks, Carl Brooks I think is fit for the role perfect to even play a seven tech if he has to. Right. It's not ideal, but in a pinch, I could see that happening. So to answer your question, I don't think it would be by plan they would throw four linemen out there. But if for some reason we're playing a run heavy team, they activate an extra lineman like, say, Jonathan Ford, you know, uh, like whatever reason. I don't I don't even know how many they had active last year. I mean, obviously, we're carrying six. Let's say on average they activated five on game day, maybe against a heavy run team. They might activate all six one injury away from having to go to that four down line and look, let's hope it don't happen. But if it is by design and they put them out there, man, imagine that Jacob, what would be your four down lineman? You're not allowed to play any edge rushers. Okay. You've, you've got to, you've got to use the big boys. You've got to use D lineman. What would that look like? I'll tell you what mine would be. It would be TJ Slayton in a one tech. Okay. It would be Kenny Clark in a three tech. It would be Devontae White in a five tech. And then I would probably put Carl Brooks out there in a seven tech, kind of that Preston Smith top row. I wouldn't trust him in a wide nine. He's too big a boy for that. But I think I would play it that way. Hey, what what do you think? What would it be? You can only you can only put four defensive linemen on the field. You can't you can't put any edge rushers out there. What would you do? Gosh, man. I yeah, because like you have to give me the situation. Are we on the goal line? Are we on the twenty? Like, are we in the fifty? Right. Like, what's going on? What, what's the? Is it third down? I, I feel like Art Showers's question is geared around just a normal game plan. Like, hey, right. you know. So I guess what I would probably do is I'd go. Uh, this is crazy, but I'd go Kenny, on like you said, maybe like a two or three tech. Why at like a two or three tech, and then I want to put Brooks and Wooden. At like get, the four, get fives. the rooks out there. I like it. I like I'm, it. It'd be it'd be freaky, man. Like, go ahead and try because I guarantee you that the center and both the guards are worried about Kenny and Wyatt, and that just means that all you got to do for Wood and Brooks is just take care of one dude. Yeah. All right. Let's go. And maybe going on that inside, like you said, the inside technique, and then 
Oof, that's crazy to think about, though. Good question, isn't it? It's it's- I love questions like that because, first of all, I try to make it realistic and go, okay, what situation would it be? But then again, if if they did throw – I mean, you see they threw like a, uh, a NASCAR package together and that psycho look years ago, right, where they have one down lineman and a bunch of linebackers. Why not take it in the opposite direction? Um, I don't think it's ideal, but I wouldn't put anything past this defense. I think they're going to change some stuff up this year. I really do. Whether and it's on the front, I list those four because I really wanted to put Slayton in there, but I couldn't find a way. Like you know what I mean? Like like I said, if it's a passing down, that's my group. If it's a running down, I got Slayton in there somehow. Maybe pulling him for one of the rookies and then popping out uh, Wyatt to maybe more of like a four or five technique. Got it. Looks like Tim's having some connection issues. I was going to go to him next. We're going to try it again one more time here. Tim, can you hear us, buddy? Here I am, guys. Sorry about that. That's all right, man. So if you could not play an edge defender, okay, you had to go four of the big boys as your defensive line, four-man front. You know, like we even even in nickel situation, we go nickel two, four, five. Imagine that's not an option. You have to go four down linemen, okay, kind of like the old-school 43 defense. What, uh, what would be your four down linemen? I'm, I'm stealing your answer. Completely. Uh, and, and I'd love to see Kenny Clark play the three tech all the time, honestly. So, I mean, it's pretty simple. I'm carbon copying and pasting your answer. Um, but, of course, I want Keyshawn, Nickel Blitzen all day. So, right. I mean. That was fun the other day, wasn't it? Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm excited about that too, man. I, I think you're going to see a, a little more of that nickel, nickel blitz, and they'll they'll do a little fire zone on top of it. I think it'll be a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Last comment that I pinned here, and then we'll go back to the chat. Make sure we didn't miss anything else. Zane said, "Happy early birthday, Jacob." What what day is it again, Jacob? August thirtieth. August thirtieth, right around the corner, man. And you're going to be seventy two. That's wild, dude. Wow. <laughs> exactly half of that. Thirty six. <laughs> For real. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do the math that quick. What is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's right. right. <laughs> now he don't know. <laughs> God, we are real, we are educated in here, boys. All right, going back to the chat. Want to make sure I don't miss anything here. Let's see. All right, yeah, picking picking up right where we left off. The guys they're learning in the chat. They know when we hit that hour mark, just stop commenting, which is that's freaking awesome. awesome. That's yeah. what I'm talking about, man. Appreciate you guys helping out with that for sure. Um, let's see. Great great front seven takes pressure off the back end. And then Dakota said his drink of choice, Dr. Pepper, baby. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> that's the just, best soda out there for sure. Just what the doc, man, I used to be a big diet Dr. Pepper guy. Loved it. He loved it. And now I'm on diet seven up. That's my drink. I don't know why, but it hey, is. Why diet? Dude, are you kidding me? Look at these. I got more chins in a Chinese phone book, bro. <laughs> Diet's worse for you. It's like <laughs> getting old, dude. Getting old. Diet's worse for you. They give you more sugar without even giving you. It's it's something. I don't know. It's. I'll, uh, I don't want to turn this into a health podcast, but I did discover that um, diet soda was actually making my sugar crash, and. Um, long story short, my body recognizes the artificial sweeteners as real sugar, so it pumps insulin. And that extra insulin bottoms me out because it's not actually sugar, as silly as that sounds. So figured that out. I was getting the shakes real bad and was like, man, I think I'm about to have a heart attack or something. <laughs> Blood pressure was all the heck. But anyway, people are like, why are we talking about this? I don't know. You tell drink me. Drink some water, Clayton. Just drink some good old American water. I do, man. I, I drink I drink 120 ounces of water every single day. Every single day. That's why my head's so big, I believe. But anyway, <laughs> Eric Sutherland in the chat said, I've got kids almost your age, Jacob. Think about that. Oh, dude. Makes me feel young. Thank you. Appreciate that. 
Eric's the wise man in the group. All right, parting thoughts. Let's wrap this big bear up. Jacob, you got anything? Obviously, set it on the ticker down here. Packers returned to practice today. Those players of the day were tied in Tucker Craft, wide receiver Jaden Reed, quarterback Jordan Love, and tied in Luke Musgrave. Obviously, looked like the tight ends really stepped up. That was according to Andy Herman. That wasn't just me trying to make a feel-good story here. Seemed like these tight ends stepped up for Tyler Davis today. And uh, we got the Patriots game coming up. Saturday night, it's going to be 7 p.m. Central, I believe, at Lambeau. Excited to see that. But we also have joint practices. Um, go ahead, Jacob, with your parting thoughts, and I'll talk about the joint practices. Yeah, man, I mean, I'm just uh, – I'm excited to see the tight end group rallied around Tyler Davis and that they seem like they need to pick up the um, the torch there and carry that. Um, it, it's great to see. I think that it's, it's a testament to show that this team – they got each other's backs. They're young. They're hungry. We've talked about it. I would like to see that this is an underdog type of team. And um, going into the, again, another joint practice, I think that's a lot of the, I, I'd like to see a, um, a breakdown of which teams are doing joint practices and which aren't. And then I'd like to track how their first three games go. Because in my opinion, those, these preseason games, they only do so much. I think the joint practices are more of an experience type booster. And the more that we get these guys acclimated, the more we get them hitting each other, the more, or I should say other people. Um, I think that that's just, there's no way that that can't help us. I, I really, really think that the, the NFL has gotten so patty cake. You, they only are allowed to practice this amount of hours for this amount of time. I think that you don't see them start to get into their groove until week three, week four. So if we can get in our mentality and physically three or four weeks prior to when that when the league does that because of the fact that we're hitting in practice that we're doing joint practices that we're doing the preseason games i'd i'd like to see us have that edge so i think that this is going to be a great week we're going to see a lot we're going to notice i think whether or not um guys are going to make this team going forward and it's going to get pretty obvious i think the guys that need to get cut in the next week or so and then it gets a little more interesting going forward definitely well said joint practices are going to be Wednesday and Thursday morning at 10.30 a.m. Central Time, okay? So that's when the joint practices will be. I agree about the joint practices. You know, it's it's the reason you don't play your starting quarterback longer in the preseason is because he can get hit. You don't yeah. want him to get hurt. In joint practices, they got the red jersey on. The quarterbacks don't take the hits. Everybody else can still hit. And you get those one-on-one -on -one matchups. You can also script it in a way where you go, okay, here, you, literally, Matt LaFleur is going to go to Coach Belichick, and Coach Belichick is going to go to Matt LaFleur and say, here's what I need to work on, Bill. This is this is the, the key component for me. You know, I need to get Jordan in these specific situations and see how he can go through his progressions, whatever. And, and if Bill doesn't want to work on that, he will concede that, though, and say, okay, we'll work on that. How about you give me this situation that my team needs? That's how that stuff kind of comes about. But yeah. Tim, parting thoughts, man. Are you uh you planning on trying to make it to practice or uh, you you tied up? Oh, I'm gonna be there. I'll be there uh, tomorrow morning too. There's a practice tomorrow morning. Uh, we actually will have uh, Commissioner Goodell will be in town tomorrow to uh, shake hands and kiss babies or whatever it is that the commissioner does. Look good for the cameras. Kiss hands, right? Yeah. Okay. Shaking babies and kissing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, I'll definitely be there this week, guys. I'm looking forward to uh, to the joint practices. Um, I'll be sure to uh, watch for any incognito Patriots fans with video equipment. Make sure that they're not doing anything they're not supposed to. But no, it's going to be great. Just like like you said, Clayton, uh, having uh, Belichick and and his squad here is just going to do nothing but 
um, bring positivity to our group. Um, gives us a chance to tune up here. And uh, I'm excited. I'll be at the game this weekend as well. So it's going to be a great week, boys. I'm excited. Got it. Good stuff, man. The only parting thought I have here before we wrap up. You think God never farted? There it is. Hey, hey Clayton, Clayton, you got it. You, you got the one with where Brett asked uh, asked the guy if they had any left-handed footballs. It was on the same. It was on the same clip that I cut it from, but I didn't put it on here, man. I ain't got it. Talk to the ref. He's like, "Well, my advice it's like, takes two weeks off, or take two weeks off and quit." <laughs> yeah, take two weeks off and quit. I love oh it, man. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it, man. It's good old days. All right, we're out of here, guys. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Way too many to mention. Uh, you guys are awesome. We did a live stream earlier. We actually hit uh, an all-time high outside of a Packers uh, post-game show um, with 80 live viewers. Subscribers, we're now over 900. So if you haven't subscribed, you're listening to this, you like this content, go hit that sub button for us. If you don't like the content, hey, just pretend like this didn't even happen, man. We wasn't even here, okay? And we appreciate you swinging by. But thanks to everyone in the chat. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. Also, as Jacob is pointing off to the side, there is a QR code in the upper left corner. If you'll take your smart device, okay, not your Nokia brick phone, it won't work, but take your smartphone and scan that QR code. That's going to send you directly to Packernet Podcast, where you can find this podcast along with Ryan Schlipp's Packernet Podcast, Jacob's Packernet Fantasy Podcast, uh, Jake Shavink's It's Always Draft Season Podcast, JJ Leahy's uh, Cheese and Packers Podcast, and there'll probably be some more popping up here real soon. You're going to get daily Packers content there. You ever you ever logged into your podcast, you know your your app, and go, "Dang, there ain't no new pods today." You know, I got to go over to this platform now. I got to go to that platform now. You'll always have at least one, in most cases, multiple podcasts to listen to on the Packernet podcast. That's something that Ryan has devoted to, is uh, having a daily podcast, 365. So uh, that's the way it works. Appreciate everybody. Oh, that's right. One last thing. I forgot to show you guys this. We actually had practice footage from Justin Fields and DJ Moore earlier today. Check this out. Check this throw out, man. There you go. Okay, you got to get ready for week one, boys. They're looking good. Looking good in shot town. We're out of here, guys. For those of you on the pod, thank you for making us part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, we drive down the first man who is inside. Pull back, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by them and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. <laughs>